0: by inch, play by play, and we're finished.
1: Welcome to the Gridiron Breakdown.
0: We don't have a real name for it. I'll well, give you media guys something to come up with. What's your assignment? Kill the quarterback. Get
2: the tight end so hot his girlfriend dies. Kill everyone.
0: The football podcast for the fans, by the fans,
2: where we discuss
0: the X's and O's of each week's premier football game. We've got to be the dumbest team in America. In terms of playing the game. I thought you were going to do one of these. Your
3: hosts are Jay and Alan. And when was the last time 80,000 people showed up to see a kid doing the chemistry experiments? You play football like engineer. I play football.
0: And Brian. But they
3: are who we thought
2: they were. But we let them off the hook.
3: And, and Lindsay. My favorite scene. I don't know what a Hokie is, but God is one of them. Go for King and
2: Whichever
0: one starts, starts. Whichever one's don't will back him up. Period. Cut and dry. Cannot play with it. Cannot win with them, cannot coach with them, can't do it. I can tell you how they feel about it. They don't like it. It's a lack of respect. It's not doing your homework and paying attention
1: to what reality is. Now, let's get to the breakdown. Looks to me
0: like
1: they're coming up with a plan. Hello, you play to win the game.
0: It's time for the Gridiron Breakdown. I'm Jay. I'm Alan. I'm Brian.
1: And I'm Lindsay.
0: We are here to get you ready for the college football playoff and the final week of the NFL season. We have made it this far. Welcome to episode 19 of the 2020 season here for the Gridiron Breakdown. Lots of fun to get into, gang. We're at the end. It's time to get ready for that tourney where the winner gets the giant pin holder trophy at the end of all of it. And we'll see who gets that. And then the other big one, of course, wrapping up. NFL, you know, usually used to be, man, like last week of the NFL season, it was garbage time. Like you were getting like the third stringers in. It was like you know, the end of the preseason again, but not so much these days. We got a lot of games that are going to have playoff implications and a lot of stuff going down. But first off, everybody have a good merry holiday and Christmas and uh, or festivus with your family, as it were.
2: Yeah, it was yeah. pretty nice. I mean, the airing of Grievance is really excellent. It was nowhere as close to your <laughs> Texas rant, Jay. And the more I think about it, you're right. It is all Texas's fault. It is.
1: Yeah. I got this stuff in my Christmas stocking. I don't know if you can see that or if you've ever heard of it. It's called Flarp Noise Putty. We it is some of
3: that in my house.
1: It is the thing of 12 year old dreams. <laughs> <Or> and <eight-year-old. laughs> I've never explored that. I've never ever seen this before. I had to be shown how to use it. I laughed so hard I cried, and I mean I'm talking <laughs> tears fully streaming down my face using this stuff. So yeah, awesome. one of my one of my new favorite stocking stuffers, I think.
0: I am wearing one of my stocking stuffers. It's kind of hard to read, but it's basically I never dreamed I'd end up being the son-in-law of an amazing mother-in-law, but here I am. <laughs> Dream. So
3: that's um, I too <laughs> am wearing one of mine that says that's great. Never yes. Forget. <laughs>
1: No, that's perfect. See? So, that yes. one's good i like <laughs> well, that well
0: wherever you were wherever you, you are uh hanging out with fam if you had to do it over zoom or if you did it in person hope you had a good and safe time and hope you got to watch some football there was a little bit of it out there i don't know if you guys caught it but alan once again the danger zone strikes home liberty took down coastal carolina in an incredibly entertaining bowl game i don't know if you guys got to watch that but it was a lot of fun
2: by the way, odd fact to that game: Hugh Freeze became the first coach to win ten games at four different schools. How does how does that guy have that record? That is not. <laughs> That's we got to fix that. So, <laughs> no,
3: you might.
0: If I don't to know Auburn. if y'all saw that game though.
2: <laughs> yeah. That 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 was an incredible finish. Liberty should have had that game win. They screwed it away. Coastal fights back. Liberty has to block a field goal in overtime to win. It was a fantastic game. I hate that Coastal had to lose that way, but I'm glad the danger zone was able to, to pull through. I think I'm on fire on the the danger zone so far. I, you are. You're way up above
0: 500 on the danger zone this year, which is which is awesome, uh, considering that they're supposed to be like outlandish upset picks, and it, that just typifies what 2020 has been in football, that you're able yeah. to hit it home so many times. But, yeah, no, it's uh, it was a lot of fun. I uh, got to catch that one. Uh, always, always a good time. Uh, we mentioned it kind of in passing there, but Auburn indeed does have a new coach. Uh, Brian Harson from Boise state doesn't really have to clean out his, you know, color wardrobe any, cause it's pretty <laughs> much the same. Uh, he, he can come on down a little different shades of blue and orange, but close enough. And so he, he will be the new coach at Auburn and uh, kind of take time announcing staff expect a lot of changes there as we see what he does. An, an interesting pick, you know, you get a guy, not only from the G5, but from the mountain West, Absolutely zero SEC ties at all um, to come in and try to take on you know a, a program that has, has done some good things and certainly has a lot of competition. They're in the meat grinder SEC West, so uh, tough challenge, but we'll see what Brian Harson has to do.
2: I will say that is the most un hire ever, which is great. Yeah. That's what they needed to do. I'm not sure it's going to work out. But I like the direction they went. Go outside that Auburn circle, try to bring somebody in. He's done a really good job at Boise. I think the real question is how is his recruiting going to be when he's recruiting against Edo and Jimbo and Mullen and Kirby and that whole bunch there. Speaking of which, uh, and
0: LSU there, some big coaching changes on their side. Of course, defensive coordinator Bo Pelini uh, asked to uh, take his money and leave, so no one's surprised at all about that. But long time – matter of fact, the longest-tenured guy on the staff, offensive coordinator Steve Ensminger, retires – uh, today I think it was today or yesterday announced his retirement from coaching he's just going to do like analyst work now for him but um, had been there for a long time and I mean obviously was the OC of you know one of the greatest offenses ever so uh, he steps away so a lot of changes coming to the bayou as uh, they try to figure things out Lindsay what's the latest on Justin Fuente is he still hanging around Blacksburg
1: I guess he's safe <laughs> We're on the street <laughs> now unless something stupid happens but yeah, I guess uh, I guess we're we're sticking with him for another year. See, see what he can do. I don't know. We'll give okay, it a I go.
2: Do, I, I do have a question. Is there even, besides Coach O, is there even like a water boy that's still on the team from that national championship LSU team?
0: Like no one. Like I think there's a single – Miles Brennan was there, but he obviously wasn't really a part of that. But, yeah, there's almost nobody. It's a a lot of different dudes playing football there. But you know what? They ended the season strong. They beat Florida, and they got into a shootout and beat Ole Miss. So, eh, you know, not a bad way to go out. It wasn't the year they wanted – we all thought they'd take a little step back, maybe not as far as they did, but clearly uh, they're not totally done. And I mean, look, LSU recruits like mad. Uh, they're doing good. Brian, you're wearing the color of your your home uh, state gophers there. Football season's over, but basketball team's looking pretty solid. We don't really talk basketball here on the breakdown, but they're looking good. And uh, you're also buried under like nine feet of snow right now, it looks like.
3: not quite that much but there's a lot of snow on my ground right now and i like it and there's more coming tomorrow i hear uh so we'll see how that goes Uh, i I might have to get up extra early because my wife has some hair appointment at 7 30 on wednesday morning so that's going to be awesome
2: wow (laughs) you you know guys (laughs) i don't think your tennessee titans enjoyed that white stuff very much
3: yeah, that go we don't need to talk about that. <laughs>
0: well, we have
2: to talk about it because it's time to talk about
0: those NFL playoff pictures. Let's start with the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champs last year, 14-1 and one this year. They are a lock for the number one seed. Uh, nobody knocking them out of there, so they got their last week You know, game coming up. Doesn't matter what happens. The, the Super Bowl goes through Kansas City on the AFC side of things. The Steelers are holding on to the number two seed right now. Uh, they yeah. have won their division. They are number one the AFC North. The Bills have also clinched their division in the AFC East. They are the number three seed. What's up for grabs is the number four seed because the Tennessee Titans did indeed lose. So they've got to win their final game uh, in order to, to hold that or hope Indianapolis loses their last game because that'd be the other way that they could clinch it. The Miami Dolphins are in fifth place, rising up. I don't know if y'all saw that comeback. Fitz Magic getting his head ripped off, throws up an 80-yard bomb them to get them in, in, uh, Position for a field goal to beat the Raiders. Raiders have just completely collapsed um, at, at back half of the season. The Baltimore Ravens, second in the AFC North, starting to really correct the thing at one time or another. That was listing to to the port, but they've got that right again. They're holding on to the six seed, and the Cleveland Browns, at one point were the four seed. They're are, like as high as that. They've now dropped all the way to the seven. They've got to win their final game to get in, or hope for some other help to be able to hold on to that seven seed the only team really on the bubble looking in are the indianapolis colts if they can win and a tennessee loses they would take the division and then would be in the playoffs um or if the browns lose and the colts win again i think the colts would jump into that seven spot if i'm right brian so yeah. uh, not a, not a ton of intrigue in the afc but there there are some things still up for grabs and that afc south division still up for grabs
3: You know, I want to give props to Baker Mayfield because uh, he lost all of his starting wide receivers because of COVID tracing and was looking like that game was going to be death now for the Browns and he still managed to try and come back in that game. So props mm-hmm. to him for working with basically third stringers to get it going. Uh He'll have his guys back for this week. And I think you're going to see a much different uh, Cleveland Browns team. They are fired up. They want to win and they want to make this playoffs. They haven't been in the playoffs since they were the old Cleveland Browns. <laughs> no, they have no. not seen the playoffs in 18. Didn't years. they
2: make it one year in like Oh six or something. Didn't they go 18 one year? the year like 10 games. 18 years. No, in yeah. a minute. Yeah. No, they did not make it. Um,
3: it's crazy. Uh, but I hope that uh I hope that they can do it because it'd be it'd be good for that city. Um I'm pretty sure they said it on the broadcast it's been 18 years since the Browns have been in the playoffs. Wow. So and uh, they could be wow. wrong, who knows? I'm That's, sure Alan will check it out for us. <laughs> that is that is unreal that it's been yeah. that long. Uh, Go ahead. The most Titans thing that can happen, Jay, is that they will lose and Indianapolis will lose <laughs> and they'll get in
0: yeah right they they, back that, that kind that of that is yeah that it kind of is what what you would expect to happen for them uh the way that things have gone lately. and they're
3: playing houston yeah Who let's just face it they're not that good this year no they not. should be able to take them out but we'll see yeah for
0: sure over in the nfc though uh much more intriguing stuff going on We've got some division winners, obviously. The Packers, the Saints, and the Seahawks have all clinched their divisions. But none of the seeds are set in stone. Right now, the Packers have the number one seed. If they win, and we're we'll talking about their game in a little while, if they win their game, they're in. But if they lose, they got to hope New Orleans loses <laughs> and the Seahawks lose uh, to hold on to that number one seed. Uh, so, that I mean, that's... That's a lot of pressure going on there. Uh, Saints in the two spot. Seattle's in the three. I don't know that Seattle can jump out of the three, but I don't think they want to fall any further than where they were at this
2: point either. Um, Seattle could be the one. If the Packers lose and the Saints win, they're in a three-way tie, and the Seahawks have strength of conference tiebreaker. So if the Packers (laughs) lose and the Saints win and the Seahawks win, the Seahawks are the number one seed.
3: Those the BCS. That's pretty wild. Um, yeah, and the Packers don't have an easy shot here either. I mean, they have to play the Bears who are fighting to get into the playoffs as well. Yeah, and the Bears, even when they suck, play really good against the Packers. Those are always really good games. Yeah. So it's not just a walk away win here. It's not like they're playing the Lions. Hey,
2: Brian, how- I do just want to point out that number 12 does own the Bears.
3: Like well, I don't I don't he, disagree. He I'm just saying they've got some incentive to. So try and win this game, whereas normally not the case.
2: Yeah, that, think, that, that's a must-win for both of them. Um, you know, yeah. the Bears have to win to make the playoffs. It's it'll be an interesting game. I'm I'm
0: excited about it. I think it's wild that there are seven spots of playoffs, and in the AFC, there's eight teams vying for them. In the NFC, there's 13 teams <laughs> still still fighting for this. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the fifth seed. They're in the playoffs tom brady's 12th straight year of the playoffs as if anybody's shocked but as if it could have been written any other way right Lindsay? the nfc east is totally up for grabs still except for the eagles they're finally out but <laughs> washington the cowboys and the giants are all still fighting for that number four spot depending on what happens. now my understanding is if washington wins they're in but if yes. they lose to carolina They could be out and either like the Cowboys are playing the Giants and the winner of that game would go in. It's it's, that's crazy.
3: And the Giants hold a half game lead over the Cowboys, right? So and they hold the
2: tiebreaker over Washington. So if Washington loses, whoever wins that Dallas game is in the playoffs. And I hope it's the Giants because I want a six-win team to make the playoffs.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: That's uh, I mean, Lynn, you're closest to the DMV area of
0: any of us. What's the tenor like up there? Because not only should we say they're going to do this, they have to do it with a quarterback that was on the practice squad because they released Dwayne Haskins today <laughs> because they were done with him.
1: I think so. Self-hate kind of feels like the, <laughs> the, the theme this year, but for the Washington football team, uh, it's a theme every year and they're just <laughs> I, I don't think anyone who's a fan of the football team expects much of anything. That being said, a lot of them, you know, Gen X and elder millennials remember and older remember, you know, the early 90s Redskins when, you know, they were at the top of their game and winning all over the place. And they cling to that, and so they always want them to win, but they never expect them to at this point. So we'll, we'll see. I think there's a little bit of hope, but I don't think there's too much.
0: Not a ton of hope in there at all. But like we say, somebody's going to come out of the NFC East and represent in that four spot. Meanwhile, the Rams – who are kind of sliding backwards as well into oblivion. They are in the sixth seed, and Jared Goff injures his thumb. We don't know how bad that is as of, you know, press time tonight here, but if they have to go without him, that's they've got a guy that has never taken an NFL snap or hasn't, you know, thrown any balls out there. So that's different. And like you said, Brian, if the Bears can knock off the Packers, and that does, I know that sounds weird to say right now because the Bears are 8-7, and seven, but that offense is hot. The last month they found another gear – defense has gotten good. If they find a way to win that they're definitely the seven seed. If they lose, and Arizona can knock off San Francisco. Arizona gets to pop into that spot. And that's a team that, you know, has been kind of falling apart but seems to have enough tools to get together. Mm. I, I think it's going to be really interesting this coming weekend. The NFC is, is by far way more up for grabs as to how it happens. And, I mean, I, you know, outside of the getting the bye, I think these, these matchups could be interesting because, Alan, you can not only get a six-win team in the playoffs, they could be matched up with a team that they have a shot against. You know, and it wouldn't be funny if now they won it, but they, they went forward a step.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, the Rams can still get in. All they got to do is beat Arizona. Arizona can still get in. I think they need to beat the Rams and the Bears to lose. They're all, the NFC is just crazy, but, he, you know, there'll be some intriguing matchups to come out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the real question is, you know, If the Giants make it and they've only got six wins, you know, is is this a further push for let's expand the playoffs because every team deserves a chance? Or is this – no, if you can't win eight games in a season, you don't deserve to be there. You know, look, I think
0: it's a fluky year, not only because of COVID, but just where all those teams were in the NFC East. I don't think we need to rewrite the rule book. We're already adding in a playoff team as it is with this year. Uh, just keep the division winners as the top four seeds and have I, I like the idea of having these seven now though with only one team getting the buy it really makes everybody want to work for that in case they want the week off though I, I've posed it before if you're playing as hot as as uh, Green Bay is right now or as Kansas City is do you really want the week off or do you want to do you want to keep playing
3: Well, Kansas City definitely wants a week off because they're sitting there, all their starters this coming week on week 17. So they're giving them two weeks off. Wow. um, Which I think is ridiculous myself, but they haven't been playing as good as they have all year, right? The Mm. last several weeks, they barely won their games. Uh, They haven't looked invincible like they did throughout most of the season. So they may need those two weeks off to get crap in order. But um, as far as Green Bay, I I wouldn't want to, take the week off because they've been just on fire. I'd rather keep that momentum going and go, but you know, if they have injuries, then it's always good to get them healed up. Who knows? I, I like the seven team format. I've heard they want to actually expand it to eight, uh, but they couldn't get that through to the players unions or whatever. So it, they settled on seven. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I'm with Alan. I think we should do a seeding based on record and not worry about these stupid division winners. Let's seed them one through seven based on record alone, something like that. That's the way it should be. Get your best teams in there. If you can't if you can win your division, great. But if you can't be better than the number seven seed, you're not in.
0: All right, Lindsay, either tie up the court or or weigh in on their side and <laughs> my vote will go down. What do you think we should do?
1: No, I'm for that. Let's put the best teams in there. Who I mean. Gosh, there's been such a huge disparity in between like all of these different conferences. Like, yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. Let's put the top ones in there.
0: Uh, I'll just be the traditionalist over here, you know, mm-hmm. putting my heels in the ground. I, I Jay's like telling us
2: well. to get off his lawn. I, I'm going to go <laughs> yell at a cloud as soon as this is over. But
3: well, let's
0: let's get into speaking of yelling in clouds. Let's talk a little bit about the picks records. So Lindsey went three and two last week with our five NFL games. First to reach 100 on the show, you're at 102 and 52 on the year. So props to you, Brian. You went one and four. That's a, not a great week, but you still maintain that second place hold at 99 and 55. Allen went two and three, 98 and 56. I actually went four and one, so I technically won the week, and I'm at 91 and 63, but still under 60% for the year. So, you know, like one of you guys is really going to have to catch Lindsay to beat her at this point. The real fight here is for two and three, because I am definitely the four seed. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm locking that up. lindsay has got the Kansas City home home uh, field advantage or whatever. So you guys are going to have to fight it out to see who gets the two and three as we get through the last
3: few weeks of the season
1: here. I believe in you guys. <laughs> Let's
3: do it. Hey, if I can go one and four, she can. <laughs> that, <laughs> well, that's we true. S- we got six big
0: <laughs> ones this week to talk about it, so we'll see how those go. And we're going to start with the college football playoff. Every one of our panelists is going to give what they think are key matchups to the game, pick the winner, and we're going to start with the Rose Bowl, January the first, three p.m. Central, four p.m. ESPN. Alabama, the number one seed, eleven and zero, taking on the number four seed, Notre Dame, ten and one. Lindsey, you won. You're winning and leading right now, so you get to start us off. What do you see as the key matchups in this Rose bowl semifinal?
1: Ooh, well, so Alabama and Notre Dame do have two of the best offensive lines in college football. They're both in the running for the Joe Moore award for the nation's best line. The founder of which was a Notre Dame all American. They will both be playing. I think as of when I looked this up, they're starting centers, but And six players for Bama, so, okay, sorry. Let me back up there. So six players for Alabama could be first-round picks, one for Notre Dame. We should also talk about Alabama's freshman linebacker, Will Anderson Jr., for a second. He didn't record his first sack until a few games ago. Now he's leading Alabama with seven sacks in four games. So he's on fire right now. And I have to wonder... If Notre Dame is really pumped to play Alabama at this point, I think they are, but Kelly is not out there to prove anything. In fact, he said in an interview today that he has nothing to prove at this point. Kind of sounded like a defeatist interview. Yeah. But he's proud of where they are, which is good. Now, I don't, I think, I think though, I think Notre Dame are they're gonna get beat up a bit. But if they can hold their own, I think it's a sign that Brian Kelly might be doing something right and might be on the way to restoring Notre Dame to kind of their former glory. They're definitely not going to win this game though. I'm still going to take Bama 43 to 27.
0: All right. So you like Bama 43, 27, Brian, what do you think?
3: Look, the only way uh, Notre Dame has a chance here is if they can somehow get their defense to play well against this team there's three heisman hopefuls on alabama's offensive side who are you going to cover which one are you going to take out because you aren't going to get all three it's almost impossible um so yeah notre dame has to find a way to stop that offense whether that's uh slowing the game down by running the ball when they're on offense and eating up clock or not i don't know I I just don't think they have a shot here. Give me Alabama in this one. I'm going to say 38-17. to
0: All right, Allen, what about you?
2: Well, Notre Dame has a Herculean task. I think, first of all, they have to be able to run the ball um, to milk the clock, and they're going to have to have Ian Book play really well. In the ACC championship game, he didn't play all that great. The running game got stymied, and – I think Notre Dame can do some things with those three tight ends. They got none of them are Kyle Pitts, but I think they can move them around and do some motion and confuse Alabama a little bit and maybe hit a few plays. The real question is, what does Notre Dame do on defense? You know, there are two kind of schools of thought here. Uh, You can do what Arkansas did and drop seven, eight guys into coverage and force Alabama to dink and dunk their way down the field, which people forget that in that game, Najee Harris left in the first quarter because I think – if he would have been there, Alabama would have pounded the ball. and Granted, they still won by 49 points. Or do you bring the house at them? You force Mac Jones to get rid of the ball faster than he wants to, but then you're one-on-one on an island, and Devontae Smith has almost proved completely uncoverable this year. Um, the big thing is going to be the, the Alabama offensive line. How well does Chris Owens play replacing Landon Dickerson? How fast do they gel? How good are the protections? Um Here's the thing, Alabama scored 38 points at least in every game this year. They scored 50 points in their last two games. That offense is on a roll. I don't know that anybody can slow them down. Um, I think the big thing is Notre Dame is a really well-coached team, and they play really well. Alabama just has a lot more talent on on the field than Notre Dame does. Like Lindsey said, Alabama has six projected first-round picks, Notre Dame only one. The talent he is a lot like that ACC title game. Give me Alabama. I'm going go to go
0: 42-21. to No, the thing is, Brian, to your question, like what do you do if you're Notre Dame's defense? Which one of these guys do you try to take out? And the answer is the quarterback. You put pressure on the quarterback. You try to force Mac Jones into making mistakes. The problem is he's only made four this year. Um, which is, you know, means it's not people just don't get after him much. And if Alabama sees that happening, Steve Sarkisian as an offensive coordinator is smart enough to go, all right, fine, we're going to go two tights and run the ball straight ahead with Najee Harris, and that dude is a problem. Now, I do think Alabama's defense is up for a test here because not that Notre Dame's got a ton of speed, but they got some really good running backs. You can run on Alabama a little bit. The reason teams don't run on them is because they get behind by twenty-five points, and you can't. So Notre Dame has got to try to eat clock, keep this thing closed, try to make this interesting. And the problem is they just don't have the horses to do it. Um, I, I always wonder what people mean and, and what, you know, Notre Dame fans mean when they're like, return us to the glory years. You're, you're no longer in position to play like that anymore. You can't recruit against those, these kind of teams. what, Notre Dame has done and what Brian Kelly has done to keep them in the conversation like they are is, is returning them to their glory. Notre Dame is in this thing for a reason. They're not just a fluke. Uh, you know, yeah, they got you know drilled by Clemson in the, in the second round there, but you know what? They still got there and they earned their way there as much as anybody else. Uh, so I, while I think Notre Dame is going to be plucky and fight hard, I don't think they got much for this team. I like it pretty big. I like Alabama 41, 17 in this one. I just don't think, Notre Dame can stop them all night long and I don't think Alabama's got to get real flashy and interesting to do anything real wild to make this happen so we're across the board we all like Alabama to come out of the displaced Rose Bowl in Arlington Texas uh, to go on to the national championship game so we'll
3: put that one did on they the board get permission to use Rose Bowl
0: as of this recording, it is still listed as the Rose Bowl on ESPN. So we're going to go with right. it. So I, yeah. I imagine, I imagine uh, the TV people told the Rose Bowl people to go and have their fake parade.
1: Um <laughs> so go,
0: ahead, go have a Zoom parade and leave us alone. Uh, which, I mean, you know, they, they don't care. They, they pay the licensing fee on it. Who cares? Um, next up, the Sugar Bowl. Also, January first. These are seven PM Central, eight PM kick on ESPN. Probably this one will kick off on like ESPN Two or News or the Ocho or something when it starts because the the, <laughs> the other game always runs long. Clemson, the number two seed, ten and one, the ACC champion, take on the number three seed, Big Ten champion, Ohio State Buckeyes at six and zero. We're gonna go reverse this time around. I'm gonna go first on this one. Because I've kind of made the joke that when Ohio State wins the national championship this year, I'm buying the T-shirt and telling everybody that that was the greatest team of all time. Here's the thing, though. No one is giving them any chance at all because they haven't played enough teams. Their schedule isn't enough or whatever. Tell me exactly who Clemson's beaten besides Notre Dame that was worth anything off their schedule. Sorry, they haven't really been tested either. Now, what Clemson's got going for them is an offense that can do – just about anything it wants to do. They got Trevor Lawrence that can throw the ball. He can also run. You package him with Travis CTN, and it's a real, real tough attack to try to get around. But they can be held in check. We've seen it happen throughout different times of the year. The other thing you can do is you can throw on Clemson you can get over the top on them. And that's exactly what Ohio State likes to do. Now, they are a real hardcore running team. I mean, they're 275 yards on the ground, 250 in the air. So they, they're they chunking up a lot of yards on the ground. And part of that is they had 300 and something against Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship game. But if they're going to throw the ball, they're not dinking and dunking it. Justin Fields is dropping back, and he's going with his two receivers running vertical routes down the field. And they're going to put those guys in situations where they can do that. I went back and actually looked at highlights of the last playoff game last year when these two played. It's one of the two times we've had a semifinal game that was actually decent. Um, The uh, Georgia-Oklahoma game a few years ago was really good, and this one. Usually the semifinal games are blowouts. I don't think so this year, though. I think too many people are writing Ohio state off as the team that didn't play enough people. They got the doors open for them, yada, yada. This is a loaded team. It's a team that is well coached. And I got to tell you, Justin Fields still tastes the salt in his mouth of that last interception he threw. He was leading Ohio state down the field to take a lead in that semifinal came last year and he made a bad read and hung a ball up for, for a safety to pick off in the end zone. He doesn't do that. Ohio state wins that game during the national championship game. Could be, a different story I I gotta tell you I I like the Buckeyes here y'all call me crazy call me wild call me in last place with picks I'll take all of it give me the (laughs) Buckeyes here to get this one done I like them 35 34 Alan tell me why I'm wrong
2: you know I don't know that you're wrong I've waffled back and forth on this for a couple of days myself but this is what I go back to um Clemson has more talent on defense than anybody Ohio State has played. Northwestern is a better defense, but talent isn't even comparable. The question is, Ohio State tends to get cute and go away from running the ball and get pass-happy for no reason when they obviously should run the ball. Justin Fields hasn't played well in the game against Indiana or the game against Northwestern. I know there's talk of a thumb injury or some sort of injury. Well, guys, that was only two weeks ago, so I don't know how much better that is. Other side, this Ohio State defense can be had through the air. Jeff Okuda is not there. They do not have a lockdown guy to be on Amari Rogers. It's going to be an interesting game. I think it's going to be tight. I could see either team winning, but I think Vanderbilt is going to have a game plan to slow down fields in that running game. I think it's close. Give me Clemson 31-28. All right. You like
0: Clemson 31-28. Brian, what do you say? I
2: think the key thing
3: that Alan just said there was that Ohio State's defense can be had in the air, and that's what Trevor Lawrence does best. Make plays in the air, use his arm, be a quarterback. He's going to tear them apart, guys. I don't think it's close.
0: To 21 uh, Clemson here. All right. So you've got Clemson as well. Lindsay, what about you?
1: Yeah, I agree with the assessment of Trevor Lawrence. He was fantastic against Notre Dame. He threw for 322 yards, two touchdowns, and rushed for 90 yards. Now, Ohio State managed to put some pressure on Lawrence in the pocket last year. Different year, different teams, slightly different teams. These two teams are also almost identical in yards per catch for the year, 12.8 and 12.9. That's how close they are. So it could come down to who can limit the passing game and who has fewer turnovers. Fields and Lawrence combined have nine interceptions this year. Fields has five. uh, Lawrence has four. And honestly, Ohio State has not impressed me. Fields did have a thumb injury. We mentioned that already. That could affect him, too. He's cleared to play for this game, but he'll need to be at 100% if he's going to go up against Clemson. And as much as I would love to see Clemson lose, I don't think they will. Give me Clemson 34-27. to 27.
2: All right, Lindsay, you'll get your wish on that Clemson loss on January 11th.
1: <laughs> i'm looking forward to that one alan we,
2: uh, we'll
0: see uh so if you guys are right uh we will be talking about alabama clemson five uh so uh which uh you know can either be the undiscovered country or my rings outside uh so we'll we'll talk about how that it's goes the, it's in. the undiscovered toto album <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> that's that's it perfect uh yeah so there's your college football playoff on new year's day should be some fun though i Again, the thing about these semifinal games, they're almost always blowouts. And all I can hope for is that we actually get good games out of them. We got a great one, again, that Ohio State-Clemson game last year. I hope we get another good one this year at least. Let's slide over to the NFL. Lightning round some games with playoff implications all around. We'll start in the AFC, the 12-3 and Steelers taking on the Cleveland Browns, desperate for a win. The Browns 10-5, got a win to get in the playoffs. That's your 12 noon, 1 p.m. CBS game of the week. Lindsay, who you got?
1: Uh, I honestly don't even know what to think about either team at the moment. The Steelers had this comeback against the Colts last week, and they spanked the Browns in week six, 38 to 38-7. But the Steelers lost a bit of their... It factor, I think we talked about that last week, over the last few weeks, and this recent comeback notwithstanding. The Browns I never trusted, to be clear, as a solid team to begin with. And this loss to the Jets is the Browns team I think we all know and love. I know the Steelers are the underdog here, I think, technically, but I still like them. Give me the Steelers 27-24. to 24.
3: All right, so you like the Steelers. Brian, who you got? Look, the, the, the Browns of this last week who lost the jets are the Browns who had nobody at wide receiver, nobody that that's a tough task, uh, to, to overcome. And they got their receivers back this week. The Steelers have looked awful lately. And I have confirmed Alan, the last time the Browns made the playoffs was 2002. So 18 years ago, um, give me the Browns to win this, to get into the playoffs. They're, they're going to light Cleveland up with excitement and joy and bounce out in, the, in week one, but that's fine. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to beat the Steelers. Uh, it's just a shame that the Steelers had to come back and win that game. Cause it would have been a lot more fun if the Browns won and the Steelers lost and we had a, a championship for that AFC North, but Oh, well, give me the Browns. I'm going to take them uh, 33 to 24.
2: All right. You like a pretty good Allen. Who you got? Well, from what I understand, uh, the Steelers are talking about resting Big Ben. He's been dealing with a knee injury six a week, 13, sitting a lot of the starters because they can't improve their playoff position. They won the division. It makes no difference to them. So if the Steelers sit everybody, I think the Browns will win. The Browns have to have this game. So give me Cleveland 28 to 13.
0: You know, everything you said about the Browns is exactly right, Lindsey. I I agree with you totally. But it's the fact that the Steelers are going to rest dudes that I think gives the difference here i don't think the browns are a good team and if browns fans want to feel good about the browns you should go watch the kevin costner movie draft day because you'll be really psyched about the browns and you'll wish kevin costner was your gm and that uh uh dennis uh what's what's his name uh, the comedian was your was your head coach but neither are uh but you know what browns are going to win this one i got them 24 to 20 in this one uh but i don't think it's going to matter they're going to get bounced in the first round so uh, but hey good for you cleveland go, go get that done. The next one we know has implications for the NFC East. It is the Cowboys six and nine Dallas taking on the New York football giants at five and 10. This is your 12 PM 1 PM Fox game. I can't believe Fox is going to try to put this off nationally, but Hey, here you go. This is what you do. Lindsay, who you got in this
3: one?
1: All right. So in their last three games, the Cowboys scored 108 points. To put that into perspective, they only scored 105 points in the seven games before that. QB Andy Dalton, Ezekiel Elliott, they've had some great games recently, and it looks like the Cowboys have got it together just at the right time. The Giants still have a respectable defense. I think they're ranked 12th overall, 6th in rush defense, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I think the Cowboys are really peaking at exactly the right time they need to. I like the Cowboys in a close game, 21 to 20.
3: All right, so you've got the Cowboys. Brian, what you got? Look, man, uh, who would have thought that playing Colt McCoy looked like a better idea than playing Daniel Jones for the Giants? McCoy came in there and did well. Daniel Jones comes back and looks terrible. Um, I can't put any money on the Giants in this game. They just, They just don't look like playoff team they don't look like a good team Uh, give me the cowboys to win this one uh unfortunately i think washington's gonna win their game and uh dash those darn cowboys hopes but give me the cowboys uh
2: 21 to 17 all right alan what about you Well, dallas has a a better is getting better quarterback play they have better skill players their defense is absolute garbage but they've been playing a little bit better i'm not going to say they've been playing much better they got Amari Cooper they got Zeke Elliott they got CD Lamb they got people there for um, Dalton to get the ball to I think they're going to beat the Giants I like Dallas I'm going to go 27-21 you
0: know you guys are all on this Cowboys train I'm just going to tell you Lindsay told you New York's defense is good it's going to be awful weather up there Get me the G-man to pull it out, 20-17, to 17, but I agree with you, Brian. I think Washington wins their game, so it doesn't matter anyway, but I think the Giants are going to beat the Cowboys. I don't think the Cowboys are that good at all, and uh, that weather is going to be a huge, huge problem for them. They're not going to be playing inside their cushy stadium uh, because Alabama is going to be in there creaming somebody two, two nights before. Um, all right. We go to the NFC West, and this is a you know a game again, playing for the playoff spot. The Arizona Cardinals, the flipping and flying, losing feathers, eight and seven, to take on the LA Rams, nine and six, who may be without their trigger man. We don't know. That's your three twenty five, four twenty five Fox game of the week, Lindsay. Who you got in this NFC West matchup?
1: Man, so you said it, Jay. It is not confirmed whether or not. Goff will get to play or not. He dislocated and broke his thumb and might need surgery so even if he does play there's no way he'll be at 100% for this game. Now the Rams could still have a shot at the playoffs with the loss um, And but they but sorry, but Arizona wouldn't. Arizona has to win this game to make the playoffs, right? Someone correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that's right. They do. Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> The Rams could still have a shot with that loss, though. So the Cardinals lost their last contest with the Rams in week 13, 38 to 28. But Goff was on top of it. He had a great game with Goff questionable. And again, as I said, still not 100 percent, even if he does play. I like the Cardinals, 32 to 28.
3: All right. You've got the Cardinals. Brian, what about you? Does anyone know the status of Kyler Murray? He took a nasty hit at the end of that game and it took him a while to get off the field. Uh, he wouldn't go shake hands with the other team because he was hurting too much. Uh, I'm curious to find out if even he's going to play in this game. Uh, I'll be, uh, that'll be an interesting factor as well. I can't trust the Rams. They should have easily won their game this week and with just defense alone and they didn't, but, um, This is a tough one because I don't know what the status of Murray is. If Murray plays and is a hundred percent, give me the Cardinals easily. But if he doesn't, it's anybody's game here. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals uh, squeaking this out. And I think it's going to be ugly. Give it to me 17 to 15. Uh, As of right now, uh, Cliff
0: Kingsbury says he is very hopeful that Murray will play. So just take that for what it's worth. It is Monday. So we'll we'll see. Hopeful. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Alan, who you got? It doesn't matter if Kyler Murray plays. The Cardinals have been in a tailspin. They just lost to the Niners, who have like thirteen guys on their team. They're probably playing <laughs> yeah. Iron Man football. I mean, the marmadillas. Come on guys, don't count was, them out. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think that the Rams have enough defense. They can run the ball. Um, I think the Rams are going to win ugly. I like at 13.
0: You know what? You just said the thing, Alan. The Rams, even without a, the quarterback, can still run the football. As a matter of fact, they were running the ball really well against Seattle. They just couldn't do enough of it. Um, and you can run on the Cardinals. I like the Rams and that running game to get it done. I like them 21-13. I just don't think the Cardinals are, are just quite there yet. They've improved a lot this year. Uh, and missing the playoffs will sting, but they're they're just not quite ready for prime time. So I'll join you in the Rams there. Last one though is the the one that uh, well you know it determines the fate of the Bears and it determines whether or not the Packers get that number one seed. The Green Bay Packers twelve and three on the road to take on the Chicago Bears eight and seven. This is your other three twenty five four twenty five Fox game. So if you're on the West Coast, you get the card Rams. If you're over with us on the East Coast, you're going to get this one. I actually think this you know it, it could be it could be a more entertaining game if the bears team that the last few weeks shows up, but I don't know. Is, is Aaron Rodgers too much? Lindsay, what, what, who you got?
1: Did you say is Aaron Mott? If- <laughs> Let's try that again. Did you just say is Aaron Rodgers too much? I did. He's not too much. No, <laughs> not for this girl. Uh, the bears are on a- <laughs> the bears. Call me. The bears are on a nice little winning streak. You know, their last loss was to the Packers back in November. And I expect they'll be looking to avenge that. But this Packers over Titans win, dang. You know, I can't complain about that. And I'm going to stick with my main squeeze, Aaron Rodgers, on this one. I like the Packers, 22-17. to
3: All right, she you like the Packers close. Brian, who you got? Just trying to see what time the other games are here. When does New Orleans and when does Seattle play?
2: The Seattle game is the only game that matters. Seattle is the only game that matters to the Packers. So all three games are at
3: three three twenty five. I was yeah. going to say if the other games took place mm. at noon, uh, they may sit Rogers if they don't need to play him. However, we don't have that luxury. So give me the Packers to beat the Bears here. Uh, I like the Bears' chances coming into this, but I just don't think they're good enough to beat Rodgers. He's on fire. And uh, to, to my, I think he's MVP this year for the NFL, just based on how he's playing. Give me the Packers in this one, 32-20. 32-20.
2: Allen, who you got? Well, you know, Devontae Adams abused the Bears a few weeks ago and the Packers. Discovered something new. A guy who would only played 10% of the offensive snaps who missed five games on the COVID list. A.J. Dillon, rookie, showed up last night. Ran for 124 yards. Big six-foot, 247-pound back. The kind of guy you want in that cold winter weather. Listen, Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. The Packers need this. Rodgers has been complaining for years about not having an NFC Championship game at home. He's going to be motivated. They're going to win this. I like the Packers thirty five to seventeen over the Bears.
0: I got to tell you something. Call your friends in Chicago and tell them three words: Winter is coming. the The Packers are on a tear. Aaron 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 Rodgers is on a tear, and. He owns this franchise. The The folks over in the Riverlands in Chicago got no chance. Give me the Packers 34-17, blow it out, and they're going to be that number one seed. The other thing is they're going to take a week off, which they probably don't want. So, uh, you know, but I hear, you know, they can call BYU who says they'll play anybody, so. Go ahead. Um, maybe, they, maybe they can do that one. Uh, maybe we get Coastal and Green Bay to play. That would be fun. Uh, extend the shot to players for one more okay. shot. But, yeah, uh, no, I, look, I, I'm, I'm the, the Packers are just awesome. Uh, Brian, I'll echo what you said. Aaron Rodgers deserves the MVP, um, has played amazingly. Uh, you know, if we'd given that out two months ago, it would probably go to Russell Wilson, but he faded a little bit. Rodgers has been great all year. And he's, he's great when it counts, um, when they need a big yeah. win. You know, this is really, his worst game was down in Tampa. And since then, they hadn't done that. So I think somehow or another, we're, we're all kind of rooting. How can we get Green Bay and Tampa Bay together for something? You know, the you know, the NFL brass would love that just for the TV ratings. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. So that brings us to the end of our picks. Allen, absolutely on fire in the danger zone, as we've talked about. Pick him left and right. Who you got this week? Who are you putting on upset alert?
2: As you know, for, for one of the final danger zones of the year, I'm going with an oldie, but a goodie. You know, we're going gonna to take you New Year's Day, 11 a.m., Atlanta, Georgia, where the Georgia Bulldogs are favored to beat the Cincinnati Bearcats. Now, for Lindsay. And, Brian, I've seen this movie several times. Georgia comes into a bowl game that has no meaning. They thought they were going to be playing for the giant golden pencil holder, but they're not. They get to travel 70 miles west and play a bowl game in a city they visit all the time. They're not going to be motivated. And here's the thing. The Bearcats are motivated. They got, they feel disrespected because of the way the playoff committee did it. Here's the thing. Cincinnati started playing offense the past few weeks. Georgia has more talent. Cincinnati is more motivated. Guys, here's the thing. The last 3 games that, that Georgia has played in the Mercedes-Benz Stadiums, all losses. Make it four. give me the Bearcats 31 to 24 over the Bulldogs. Wow, so go do you dogs. Like some, yeah. <laughs> Say that again,
0: Brian, just for the, just
3: for the Go Dogs. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I wish I could follow you down that road, man. I know. So, I think because of the fact that they have blown them so many times now, they're, they've they blown those bowl games, they're going to be up for it, I think. So, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what what happens. So, well, it's going to be an entertaining last week of the NFL season. We're going to get the first round of the playoffs. We'll be back here next week at our usual spot time and spot. we we'll be back on one Wednesday more nights. thing, Jay.
3: Yeah. We're not going to know who wins the NFC East until approximately. 10 11 at night
0: so we'll know monday morning because i'm not
3: staying up (laughs) to
0: find out (laughs) uh yeah (laughs) yeah no, I'm not going to stay up for that one. We will be back here though to talk about it next Wednesday night, back on our usual nights here uh, with the gridiron breakdown to get you ready for the college football championship game and the the wild card round of the of the NFL playoffs. We'll be playoff central here uh, as we go. So all oats to Did Jim. You say Mora. playoffs? I'm talking about playoffs. Yeah, so Jim Mora can come and join the show. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Folks, go to thegridarmbreakdown.com. You'll find links to everywhere you can find the show. Our podcast links, our YouTube page, our Facebook page, all of that stuff. Hook up with us. Let us know what you think. We appreciate your support. And like I say, we'll be back here to get you ready for it next week. So for Lindsay, for Brian, for Alan, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening and watching the Gridiron Breakdown. Have a good night, everybody.
1: Thank you for listening to the Gridiron Breakdown. Playoffs? Don't talk about
3: playoffs you kidding me i just hope we can win a game
0: follow us on our website the or
3: on facebook we do things right here my way you understand that you're going to be sticking straight all your life boy i don't want your life
1: tune in next week for more analysis and opinion from our hosts now y'all scared to ask another question they're not gonna keep them off the field tonight